helicopter, we have um, Cuba Libre, but Cuba Libre is very simple, it's raw, cola, and limon, and appeared in the last one, uh, Mojito. Okay. And later, the bean will be ready for to be roast. Here, we have roast bean coffee, so if you want to try it to eat, you can do it. Please, you can smell. This is not a luxury vacation. This is a survival adventure. <laughs> about my favorite part of the trip, the food and drinks. Personally, I've always loved trying new food, so being able to go to a new country and try all the food native to that land was a very exciting experience. I do want to let you know that some of us on the trip were a little worried about how the food would taste because we were told by Sylvia that the food would taste bland compared to the food we were accustomed to in America. Let's hear from Meg Askew, Dr. Finney, and Emily Bunn on how they judged the food that they had tried. Oh, lunch was delicious. I've been to that restaurant before, and the last time we were there, the Ropa Vieja was made with lamb, which was phenomenal. And this Ropa Vieja was very, very good. But the lamb Ropa Vieja was really, really good. I don't think I've ever had food like I've had here. Like, I'm, I've, I'm from the South. My family's very Southern. I don't think I've ever had food like I've had here. Like, the white rice with the, with the Ropa Vieja was, like... It's a new experience for me. So how, how would you characterize this food? I would say it's definitely, it's different, but it's like, and when Sylvia describes it as bland, which I don't think she means in a bad sense, which I think is how I took it at first, that it was bland. I don't think it's bland. No. I think it's just not as, there, there isn't as much salt and there's not as much like preservatives. Well, there are no preservatives, right? It's everything is fresh. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. What did you eat today at lunch? So I had the chicken, which was actually really, really good. It wasn't shredded. It was just like kind of seemed like it was boiled in some sort of stew, but it wasn't in the liquid anymore. Um, and it was quite good. It was very garlicky, which I quite enjoyed. Um, with some rice. I missed the beans, but it was okay. Um, but yeah, it was really good. I heard that the black beans were really good. I have a texture thing with beans, so I didn't get any beans because the beans, the texture of beans freaked me out. I'm trying my very hardest. I honestly am very surprised that I'm not, I'm a very picky eater, like eat like a two-year-old. And I'm very, very surprised. I told Finney this earlier that I was very surprised at how much I like all the food. I had the beef, the shredded beef, and it was so good. It was really good. I was really worried when Sylvia said the food was going to be bland. I was like, oh God, like I like my food to have a little bit of flavor. And like, like all this stuff is really flavorful. I think, you know, they use a lot of salt and pepper, which is good. But I don't think they pull like the, all these weird extreme spices. Like it just, it's very, it's plain, but it's flavorful. Like Emily said, the food in Cuba wasn't exactly bland. How I like to describe it is that the food contained a much more natural taste, as it seemed that they were trying to bring the taste of the food out instead of injecting the food with a flavor from spices and seasonings. And every meal we had in Cuba came with a choice of meat, vegetables, and rice. We were told by Sylvia that a meal in Cuba is not complete if there is no rice, and our group ate a lot of rice. But for all of our vegetarians out there listening, don't worry, there are great vegetarian options in Cuba as well. Alexis Shockley and Monica Hole chose a vegetarian route while we were in Cuba, so let's have them tell you how 
those options fared in comparison to some of our vegetarian options back in America. So I'm not a vegetarian when I'm at home. I just don't eat a lot of meat. And so I knew that it would be easy for me to go vegetarian while I was in Cuba. And I figured um, since there's a potential of the meat like not sitting well with my body because of like us not being used to their like food, just like they wouldn't be used to our food if they were here, um, I decided just to not eat meat while we were in Cuba. Were you worried that because you were going to choose a vegetarian option, you wouldn't get enough food to like keep you going throughout the days? I was a little bit worried about it um, going down just because I knew it would be hot and I didn't know what to expect, but the food was delicious. There was always plenty of vegetarian options once we got there, and I also brought lots of protein bars to like supplement me while I was there. Now that you've heard from Alexa, let's talk to Monica Hull and see if she was worried about the vegetarian options going to be on the trip while we were in Cuba. Yeah, it really did worry me because um, I had read just enough about Cuban cuisine to see that there were things like, you know, the shredded meat that was at Ropa Vija and had a lot of chicken dishes that they, you know, were really excited about. And I did worry. And so I made the joke that I, I packed as many peanut butter crackers as I did clothes because I was so worried about not finding anything to eat. Mm-hmm. But I was wrong. I was super wrong. What were your expectations about what and how you would be able to eat while you were in Cuba? Well, to be to be honest, I, I just expected that, you know, frankly, here in the U.S., when I go out to eat, a lot of times I just have to sort of contend with whatever the side dishes are, which is fine. But sometimes it would be nice to have more options. And so I sort of expected that I was going to be eating you know, pretty much beans and rice the whole time I was gone. But, you know, every place we went, I think there was maybe only one place in 10 days that we didn't think had much of an option for vegetarians. And they really, in addition to all these great vegetables, and I learned to eat some new ones like yucca, but in addition to all these great vegetables, they would have something special just for vegetarians. I know one place had a had a chickpea stew that was delicious. Uh, the place in Trinidad where we kind of got trapped by the rain. They had this eggplant something or other. I don't even know what that was, but I'd like to know because it was the best thing I've ever eaten. So, I mean, they had special vegetarian options the whole week, and I was really amazed and surprised. But, yeah, I ate like a pig while I was gone, and I did not see that coming. So the food wasn't as bland as we expected, and for our vegetarians, there are more vegetarian options than they expected to have. But there were times throughout the trip where everyone would have to go out and get food on their own at a nearby restaurant. Like in any big city, there were multiple restaurants and walking distance to choose from. And because we were not eating with a large group having the food prepared in advance by Sylvia and her team, there were some hiccups along the way for some of the members on our trip. Okay, so we currently are out on our first lunch by ourselves, and we have struggled with thin things. Um, BG, what was something that interested or surprised you? surprising to me that we were charged for boxes to go boxes uh and we were not told this when we asked for them so mucho suppressa okay reggie what are you surprised or interested by um i too am surprised by the charge on the boxes um yeah i thought it would be given but also like i'll say they cubans don't really take things together they kind of eat as you are there so but it's still like not something we're used to paying for to-go boxes was not only a surprise for alexa bg and reggie 
but a lot of other members who tried to get to-go boxes for their food when they were leaving a restaurant. Now we have talked a lot about the food, and I know you're probably thinking, Cuba is known for their rum, so why hasn't alcohol been mentioned yet? Well, the wait is over, and we are now shifting from the food to the drinks. And one of the first activities our group got to do was make mojitos on the first night in Havana with our friend, Wilfredo. For the, your first time in Havana, um, Sylvia sings uh, the mojitos class will be the good idea. And in Cuba, uh, we have the different cocktails, Cuban cocktails. We have three famous Cuban cocktails. Um, Daikiri, the famous cocktail. We have um, uh, Cuba Libre. Uh, but Cuba Libre is very simple. It's rum, cola, and a little uh, limo. And a beer in the last one, uh, Mojito. The Mojito was very famous because it's the first time when the pirates, do you, remember, do you, do you understand pirates? Yes. Mm -hmm. Pirates. Uh, the Havana uh, was uh, discovering was the Spanish people, Cuba in general. Um, when the pirate and the people coming here in the boat um, drink rum, 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 you say rum, no? Rum, rum, rum and honey with uh, the for medical. This is uh, similar of the, uh, for example, and Tylenol. The, in this moment, the Tylenol was rum yeah. So the three famous cocktails of Cuba were daiquiris, Cuba Libres, which just happened to be rum and cokes, and mojitos, which were what we made that night. Now I want to introduce you to Dr. Teresa Keller, who will tell you how to make mojitos. It starts with what we think of as mint, but they called it yerba de something or the other. I can't remember the name, but you put that in the glass and the, it has long stems. So the leaves are up at the top of the glass, stems at the bottom. Then you put in lime juice and sugar, if desired, which is recommended in my view. And then you take a pedestal or pestle, pestle. You take a pestle and, you know, crunch it, like smush it, so that those flavors of the sugar and the lime um, and the herb all get mixed up down at the bottom. Then you put in rum. And then I think the last ingredient is just um, bubbly water. Yes, sparkling water. Or club oh, soda is what they water. called it over there. They called it club and soda. And then they said, they gave the op option of putting in bitters. But I don't remember that we, I know I didn't put bitters in there. But uh, since I've been back home and had a couple of different ones, I've decided that three or four drops of bitters actually gives it a little bit of a spunk and is really good so and they're yummy i had had one time in my life before i went to cuba a mojito somebody said oh you should try a mojito i tried it didn't like it all that much and then there it's like the national drink and so we had it you know regularly over the course of the trip and i got so i really really liked them and what would you say was your favorite drink while we were over in cuba i think i just kind of stuck with the mojitos as much as I remember because it was just I don't know I mean you thought I thought of it as kind of the national drink and everybody had a specialty and 
so but the thing was here's the thing the mojitos in cuba are way cheaper than buying a mix drink here i think we figured out that they were equivalent of about two dollars there and we got back to the airport and fred ordered one and it was 18 dollars in the uh-huh. airport in miami as you can probably imagine being in a different country the policies on drinks was much more lax in cuba than it is in america as there are no firm or clear liquor logs but I wanted Reggie to give her thoughts on how laws compared in Cuba than they do not just in America, but in Virginia and her home state of Louisiana. I like the Cuban culture. Okay, you can take your drinks to go. You can drink. I was asking Celia about it. She was like, you're very relaxed here. As long as you, you know, like, moderately drink and stuff, you could go chill by the living room and have a beer. No one's going to judge you. Like, I love that. <laughs> Most of America can never where I'm from, we have very relaxed liquor laws. So every time I go back to Virginia, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, nice. Like, Virginia is relaxed compared to Massachusetts. Uh, not specifically. Massachusetts, but I never you can't sell liquor anywhere but a designated liquor store. So yeah, yeah same in Virginia. And then they stop at um, nine o'clock, and you can't buy liquor on Sundays. In Louisiana, you can buy liquor. Any and everywhere. (laughs) And the only time they stop selling it is between 2 and 6 a.m. As you heard from Reggie, in Cuba you can get drinks wherever alcohol is sold, at any time you want, and there are no restrictions on taking drinks to go, compared to in America where liquor laws may vary state to state, with some states being more strict than others. There were restrictions to some of the things we could drink or how we could drink the drinks that we ordered. Because we were in a different country, much of the water was not safe for us to consume, so that meant the same for the ice. Here's Dr. Erin Finney voicing her concerns about the water and ice while we were in Cuba. I was worried that we would get sick from the water there just because of the different bacteria in the water. And I wasn't sure how to manage things like eating fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and I wasn't sure like if I'd know like which water was safe and which fruits and vegetables weren't safe. That kind of thing. Were there things that Sylvia or Calibri did that made you feel better or worse about this before the trip? Sylvia gave us some sense that, you know, she would tell us what is safe to do and what is not safe to do. And she did follow through on that. So like in this particular restaurant, you know, order alcoholic drinks with ice or without ice or (laughs) in this particular restaurant, only drink bottled water. And um, she had us drink bottled water, um, you know, when we were traveling between cities, so, so we had access to water. So, so that was really helpful. The last thing I wanted to highlight before our time is up was the Havana Club drinks. Havana Club is a brand of rum created in Cuba in 1934. Havana Club 7, we learned, was the best of the Havana Club drinks as it showcased the rich flavors of Cuba, including notes of tobacco, tropical fruits, spices, and vanilla. I hope you've learned a lot about the amazing food and drinks our group was able to try and how the food and drinks differ in Cuba than here in America. We hope you'll be back for another episode of the Cuban Excursion because there's still so much we would like to share with you. Before we go, I would like to thank Emory & Henry College and the International Studies Program, Colibri Travel and Tours, the Amigo Band, and Dr. Finney in the Media and Communications Department. Until next time, I'm Anthony Smith Jr. saying adios.